Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Mavishar Iqbal, who is a prolific, prolific, prolific maker. He was Product Hunt's Maker of the Year in 2016, runner-up in 2015 and 2017. He goes by Mubs. And he's created almost 100 products, including Founder Path, which he's working on with Nathan Latka, One Hour SaaS, which is him documenting, creating a SaaS product in just one hour a day. He created IndieHackers.tv, PodHunt, and I could probably go on for hours just talking about the products he's made. In this episode, though, we go through his process, how he decides what products to work on, who to work with on these products. So it's sometimes it's just him. Sometimes he works with other people as well. We go through that as well in this episode. What a day in the life is for Mubs, who someone who works on so many different things. I had to ask him. We go through that as well in this episode. Also, his thoughts on the no-code movement and Mubs' tips for other makers out there as well. So many topics discussed in this episode. I'm so excited for you to listen. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hawk Media, a full-service outsourced CMO based in Santa Monica, California, providing guidance, planning, and execution to grow brands of all sizes, industries, and business models. Hawk Media is recognized by Inc. as one of the fastest-growing marketing consultancies, and their collaborative process, a la carte offering, and month-to-month fee structure give clients the flexibility they need to boost digital revenues and marketing ROI. Hawk Media, the company, has serviced over 1,500 brands of all sizes, ranging from startups like Tomorrow Melon, SIO Beauty, and Bottle Keeper, to household names like Red Bull, Verizon Wireless, and Alibaba. And also, I had the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, Eric Huberman, on the podcast in episode number 23, if you want to take a listen. And to get a free consultation, head on over to hawkmedia.com and be sure to mention Just Go Grind. Without further ado, here's Mubs. Mubs, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yes, so excited to talk. I've followed you around on the internet in a very non-creepy way for a while now. <laughs> and I was so excited to chat about all different products you're working on. Where I want to start on that note is today, this is like October 2020. What are you working on now, Mubs? Um, so I guess there's two things I'm focusing on right now. Uh, one is called uh, Founder Path, which is a a way for established SaaS um, companies to uh, get access to funding without having to give up any equity in their company. Yep. Which is kind of a phone-based product. Um, And then the other thing that I'm focusing on right now is this, uh, this, uh, I guess I called it a challenge at the time. It's called (laughs) One Hour SaaS. And it's, it's literally where I can only work on this idea one hour a day and I have to build a successful SaaS business out of that, just that one hour a day. <laughs> I love it. And I've seen that the progress of that. And I love the constraints. And like, let's just see how much progress, because people make excuses for working on things where it's like, hey, let's just, just spend an hour a day. You can do it for just an hour a day and yep. see what you can do. And it's been fun to kind of follow along with that. And I wanted that context as well, because I know you've worked on so many projects before uh, in the past as well. And how did you decide that, you wanted to work on Founder Path. I want to start with that one first. Yeah, Founder Path is so that's one of those ideas that's not my idea. It's not. It's not something that uh, you know I 
came up with, but it's yeah. something that was kind of evolved over the years. I think I've been working on some form of founder path now for about uh, 18 months or so now, I think it's been, it was, you know, it was part-time at the beginning and, and now, it, you know, now, now it's one, one of the, the, the sort of only things that I work on now. Um, but yeah, so mm, I work with a, a friend now, I guess I call him. Cause I, when, when we first met, I, yeah, I just met him for the first time we started working on the idea. Nathan Hacker had the idea. Uh, so he's got a very successful podcast and, 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 and where he talks to SAS founders about kind of what the, what, what they made, how much money they're making every month and what their expenses are and all that kind of fun stuff. And so after a while, some people you know, spoke to him about, you know, they were considering uh, raising equity, you know, you, raising some money to kind of expand their, their company, but then they would have to give up, you know, anywhere from 10, 20, 30% of their company. And so, yeah. His his idea came about to uh, well what if there was an alternative and so it was kind of his idea to kind of come up with that kind of alternative way of helping these uh, SaaS founders expand uh, but keep con- control over their thing and you know once once he kind of walked me through the idea I was like well this is you know as as somebody who makes a lot of things who would yeah. like to grow a lot of things hopefully at some point this sounded like a fantastic idea so so I kind of hopped on board to kind of help him out as well. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I had heard of, uh, heard of the company, uh, I guess it was probably through product time. I think it was being talked about before that even, uh, this idea of founder path. And it seems like such a, a great way to go about it for a company that doesn't, you said, want to give up the equity. It's just a different route to take. And, and in general, just kind of taking a step back because you've created so many projects. I know you've, you've answered this before, but I don't know if it's changed or it's evolved, but nowadays, <laughs> how do you decide which, which products you want to work on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've always, you know, said it depends on, you know, you kind of have to understand why, right? There's there's that that famous book with kind of start with why, and I yeah. think that's kind of a hugely important thing to to kind of ask you yourself. Like, are you doing a side, you know, are you doing a project because, um, you know, you want to re- replace the day job, or are you doing something, you know, a project just because you just want to have some fun and evenings and weekends, you know, and just kind of experiment with some new. Technology or, or or something like that. So understanding why you want to spend some time away from friends and family and, and things that are out there that, that that you know there's all those other things that you could be spending your time on. Understanding you know the sort of purpose of of you kind of doing that. And once you understand that, and then then it's just a matter of kind of evaluating the sort of ideas that are out there. And and you know this is the one thing that people always like look at me like like I'm, you know, I've got two heads or something, but <laughs> ideas are everywhere, right? Yeah, people yeah. always you know, look look at me like, I don't know what to work on. I don't have any ideas. And I'm like, well, I, I have like a hundred that, you know, just randomly, I was just thinking, yeah, I will, I will see what people are doing. I will see emails that land in my inbox, you know, with, 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 some, with, with some issues that people are having or even things that they're trying to do. I'm like, well, that's an idea for a product. That's an idea for, <laughs> for, for a microsites or whatever. So, um, yeah, you just have to kind of keep your eyes and ears open. And there are literally hundreds of ideas. I'm not saying they're all like fantastic ideas, but, you know, if you spend some time, you start with that little core of an idea. Maybe that little first spark that you had isn't a fantastic idea. But if you spend like half an hour, like, hey, you know, how could we adjust this so, so that you can, so that you can expand the market a little bit? Or it's not going to take six months to build. It's going to take, you know, six weeks to build instead. You know, like if you just kind of take that spark of an idea, I think you can, you can, you can find something to build if, 
if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And are you still uh, working the full-time job and doing these things on the side or has that evolved over time? So founder path is kind of like the full-time thing right now. But uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, the, like the whole time I've been doing side projects that, you know, I've launched on product hunt and stuff like that um, is uh, it, they were all kind of on the side. Uh, I, I, I worked at various agencies for the last uh, 15 odd years now where I was making uh, sites and kind of intranet sites for pre- pretty large Fortune 500 size companies um and uh and just having fun in weekends and evenings <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i i heard your interview well you've done a couple interviews with with indie hackers now and and hearing how little you sleep which is a blessing in many <laughs> ways many ways and for people who, who don't know i want to know is it the same how much do you sleep nowadays mobs is um it's probably got up a little bit i've got a little bit older now you know it's i mean you know i'm, I'm in my mid 40s now and i think i'm up to about five and a half hours of sleep right now i think <laughs> what are you sleeping in and slacking <laughs> five and a half hours now i know you said you're like four four or five yeah. before even just a couple of years ago which is still just insane to think about yeah. functioning fully on that uh it does give you more time obviously on the on the note you mentioned ideas are everywhere and there's so many options for what people could be building i know you mentioned as well having a trello board of ideas on the idea list what are some things that make you say no to an idea? Because I imagine there's, you know, you can only build so many things in theory. What are some things that are like, okay, I'm not going to build this because of X. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, usually my main constraining factor is how much time is it going to take this this idea? Not not necessarily how much to to um, create the thing in the first place, but like once it's out there, most ideas take more time to grow and to evolve and to maintain and that kind of thing right so understanding that i was doing this you know doing a lot of these things in my spare time you know i literally do not have like a full hour a day because my full hour a day is just working or kind of already and so 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 something is going to take me another two or three hours every day to like to, to maintain that thing or to update that thing because it's a content site or whatever you know like if there's something that's going to use up so much of my time that i'm just not going to have any time to do anything else whatsoever (laughs) that's usually the main thing that's just like no i'm just not gonna you know i'm not gonna i'm just not gonna kind of entertain that idea i think outside of that it's usually it's just it's a question of like do i really feel passionate about it too like it's it might be a really fantastic idea but i said i've got no interest in a Accounting, yeah, it's you know I could build an accounting system, but I've got no real interest or no passion for accounting and talking to accountants every day and things like that. Not there's <laughs> anything wrong with accountants. I've, I've met some very nice accountants over the years, but I don't necessarily want to talk to them every day. Um, and and so yeah, so that's that's usually the sort of other thing that I kind of look at. Like, is this something that is you know when when I get home or when you know when when i finish because i'm kind of home working from home already but when when i get home at the end of an eight hour nine hour ten hour day is the thought of working on something actually gonna uh is is it it gonna be something that gives me energy because it's something that i'm really interested in versus oh god do i really have to work on that now (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, it is a drag, especially if you have a day job, it's tough and you work those hours and you're like, yeah, am I excited or not about this thing I'm going to spend the next few hours additionally on? Uh, it's such a good determinant of what you decide to do. And I know you have your two main projects with FounderPath taking the most of your time and then one hour SaaS. With other products you've created in the past, you mentioned kind of the maintenance time. I mean, how many are you still kind of running or still upkeeping <laughs> at this point? Is there's, I mean, there's like 95 on your website and obviously <laughs> some are like dead and what, if, what's, what have you, but I, I mean, how many are you really kind of still maintaining, still updating or roughly? Um, so there's probably, oh, that's a good question. I haven't really, I haven't really sat down and thought about that, but there's probably five or six that, you know, probably still once a week or something like that, where I still kind of you know, add content or, you know, kind of maintain some, some kind of way. There's probably five or six at least. Yeah. There's probably 10 or 20 or so that just like when, when, when I, when, when I, when I built them, I planned for them to require no upkeep. Yeah. So, so they're websites that just kind of pull content from, you know, a few different APIs and things and just kind of, present that information in a way that is new and kind of interesting, but they don't require me to do anything, right? Like they just kind of work. And <laughs> just like, for example, there's, um, there's Hacker News Day, there's Indie Hacker TV that I just launched recently as well. So, so Indie Hackers TV, Indie Hackers TV is the, is the website. Um, and it goes basically scrapes indiehackers.com, which is like the forum for indie hackers. And it finds all of the YouTube videos that are posted by indie hackers. Uh, and so if, if you want to watch a video on something that's related to indie hacking and, and things like that, you can visit indiehackers.com. It'll just give you those, those videos that, that, that were found and kind of organized by the groups that were that they were posted into as well so you can kind of filter down into something specific that you're looking for but that doesn't require any maintenance time for me i don't have to do any of the scraping manually i don't have to go search indie hackers and find new kind of episodes and stuff i wrote a script that which i run once an hour that will basically do all of that for me and so the website kind of stays up to date and is completely managed all by itself uh, it still runs. It still gets people hitting it every day, and I don't have to do anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> with with sites like that, it's something where you you want to create it. You thought it'd be useful. This cool tool with with those types of things. I mean, how many of those things? I guess are things you look at as whether it be like I don't know if this even plays a part of it. Uh, I know you're just like creating things, but like a lead gen for other projects you're gonna do, even just helping you. you know, grow any type of other brand or access to anything else you want to create. I mean, how many of those things that are running? Do you even do that with, I guess, or think about I, that? I mean, yeah, no, I think, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, that's one one of the ways that I've got, uh, you know, fair, you know, not insignificant following on places like t t Twitter and stuff like that too, is because people follow along as I kind of work on these things. And, you know, I, I build a lot of stuff in public too. So, you know, I kind of show people what I'm doing, how I do it. Um, and kind of things like that. Um, and so, yeah, so I think uh, yeah, a, a large motivating factor for me personally is was not to get something that could replace my day job or anything like that. I wasn't concerned about finding a new job or, you know, having one of my side projects become my main thing, even though it kind of has now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but yeah, it was, it's, it was to have something to tweet about, have something to, to kind of show people, kind of how I 
created things and and so it kind of helped build my persona as well yeah obviously that's that's been helpful and you know people don't always tell people who people who are experts or have skills in something like a lot of times people are hesitant to put things out hesitant to ship things hesitant to write about things and I always kind of have told people in the past like okay, I know you, so I know all the things you're capable of, but like no one else knows you. So you get like none of the benefits of like your skills and what you're doing, whatever, if you don't put it out into the world, like you don't really get any of those benefits besides like maybe if you hire, if someone hires you for the job, but they don't even know that unless it's on your, like, your resume, but it's hard to say from that. So it's, there's something to be said for putting products out there, putting writing out there, whatever it may be to get feedback and have people then who are willing to help you even, or you have something like founder path, which I'm sure, you know, Nathan from that, who you're working with on that, like, because of all the products you created, I mean, that's why, yeah. otherwise you wouldn't have known your skill set necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, and with you mentioned like five or six projects are kind of, uh, still spend some time updating, et cetera. Is pot hunt one of those? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely one of those. Um, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, that's one of those things where it doesn't actually require, like, I don't like, maintain the the sort of website it's not like i'm adding new features or anything like that with 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 pod hunt it's more just i listen to a podcast or happen to be on a podcast <laughs> um and and so then you know it's a matter of like oh that was a really good episode that i heard with you know with kind of x y and z and so i go and add it there as well so i'm probably still spending like an hour or two a day just kind of you know just kind of helping with that just sort of adding content looking at uh content that other people have added as well um just to just 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 to kind of see what's up there i just i did want to just track back a little bit on on one point that you asked me about in terms of like you know this whole thing about idea about um you know sort of making sure that people know what your skill set is and and so that kind of stuff yeah i mean like um i started doing this whole kind of side project i mean i mean i've been doing it for a really long time like i've been doing it since i think 2001 was was when i built my first kind of side project yeah. but i started doing it i started really doing it consistently in about 2015 so if you look back over my list of you know my you know 95 odd, <laughs> odd, odd projects probably i'd say probably about 80 of those have been done since like 19 uh, so since 2015 yeah but the main reason that the main reason i started was because i was working at an agency and it was a really awesome job i loved i, I, I loved the, the sort of work that we were doing I love the people that we were working with, but I was working with I was working with a really high profile agency, working with really high profile people. But we signed a whole bunch of NDAs and things like that, and and so we weren't allowed to talk about the projects that we were working on and what we were doing and and kind of who we were working with. And so I started doing these these kind of side things as a way of like just showing people, look, I can do all of these things. But I can't talk about the things I'm actually doing. <laughs> So here's a bunch of side projects that, you know, which showcase my skills and, and kind of what I'm able to do, even though I can't talk about things that, that I'm actually working on. Um, and I think that that did absolutely lead to a bunch more work from freelance things, a bunch more opportunities to kind of work with really awesome people kind of in the space as well. Um, and I think that's that that's a really valuable thing Like people always ask, like, how do I break into this industry or how do I get into that industry? Honestly, the way things are right now, just start working in that industry. Like, if you if you want to get into esports, if you want to get into crypto, whatever, just build a side project that's related to that industry. And if you start sharing what you're making and the sort of and the sort of 
thoughts and, and sort of ideas that you have in that space, people will find those ideas, right? Like if you just sit there in a little corner, just kind of hunkering down and not, and not, and not sharing stuff, people will not have any idea that you exist and the sort of ideas that you have. The minute you put them out there, I think is, is that's the way that you kind of break into that kind of industry and, 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 and kind of make sure, I think, yeah. And kind of ultimately that's how you get to be happy too, right? Like, because people yeah. like to do the things that they'd like to do. If you're doing something that you don't like to do, then just start doing the things that you want to do. And then ultimately I think it can become your, uh, your kind of everyday thing as well. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And it's, um, like even just go grind started when I was starting business school at USC and it was always something, you know, it's been a side project the whole time up until then. I mean, it was just like, it was just continue to put out a podcast every week and talk to interesting people. And as it grew, then I was like, well, eventually I want to go daily and go crazy on it and kind of double down and then meet more people. But people were willing to come on the show at that point because I built it up on the side. If I had not started, where it's like, oh, I'm just, I have an MBA. Like, I, there's no time to do it during that. I would have been that far behind when I did start. And so yeah. there's something to be said for just getting something out there, man, <laughs> as soon as you can. And, and one thing too, I, I'm curious about with all you're doing, I, I want I want like a top-down view. Like, okay, what does a day look like for you, Mobs? I know you don't sleep a ton, but like morning till night, I want to know what a day looks like because you're looking on founder path you have a one hour SaaS. you're maintaining projects you're on twitter you're on indie hackers other places take me through a day mobs i want to know day okay so these days i've been waking up at about 6 30 okay. uh, these days um so usually just first hour is just hanging out in the kitchen with whoever's awake in the house. It's not always just me, but it can, it can be me for the first hour sometimes. Um, and then, so yeah, so just you know, eat, eat, eating breakfast, watching some TV up in the web or whatever. Um, usually then around 7.30ish, I've been trying to do the, the one hour pass thing. So between 7.30, 8 o'clock until about 9 o'clock, that's when I've been doing like the, the one hour sats just spending my one one hour working kind of on that thing yeah um and then from there i just start my work day so you know i still try and do a nine to five so that's kind of like working from nine till five or six o'clock uh on kind of found path now occasionally you know i kind of interrupt my day when somebody asks me to be on their podcast and and, and kind of stuff like that too uh, so it's not always, you know, just working kind of sort of straight kind of eight hours, um, kind of on 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 the, the, the one thing. Um, usually around five or six o'clock, I'll go have dinner with the family at that point as well. So I spend a few hours just kind of hanging out. Um, usually then around eight or nine o'clock, depending on what's happening in the world and what's happening with life and stuff. Um, sometimes I'll crack open a laptop in front of the TV with, with, with kind of everybody else. And I'll just kind of do a bit of multi tasking at that point where I'll be watching TV, hanging out with, with people, but also kind of sneaking in a few hours of work. <laughs> um, um, and then typically most people go to bed, um, so in the house, you know, between 10 and 11 o'clock, everybody else is asleep. Um, and then at that point, I put in another two or three hours of hacking on stuff, uh, just, you know, just on the side stuff or, or if I've, you know, or if I've spent some time 
um, kind of working, you know, not doing work stuff, then I'll, I'll put that kind of hour to in, uh, in, in the evening instead. I'm, I'm curious too, with, uh, weekends, especially I've talked to a lot of mm-hmm. founders, whether it be startup founders, bootstrap, et cetera, who everyone has kind of a different approach to how they handle the weekend as well. I'm just curious as to how on the work side of things and how that kind of plays with your life, with all the things you're working on. What does the weekend look like for you, Mubs? Uh, weekends just, they vary a lot. There'll be some weekends where I don't even touch a laptop because I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna take the weekend off. Um, and then there's other weekends where I'm just like, I just really feel like, you know, hacking on something and I'll just spend two whole d- d- days straight just hacking on stuff. <laughs> Normally it's when the family's not around because, you know, because they went away or whatever, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there'll, there'll be, there'll be some, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't really have a fixed schedule on the weekends. Um, but, but yeah, it, it can, it just, I think I just treat my weekends with whatever, what, whatever passion I'm feeling for that weekend, that that's kind of what will happen. Like, like I said, there, 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 there is some weekends where it's just like, I don't want to see my laptop this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's okay. You know, that, that's fine. It's been, you know, obviously with the one, one, one hour SaaS thing, I've been trying to do the one hour even kind of on the weekends as well. Yeah. So I've kind of, kind of, I, I kind of have tried to stick with that. Uh, but yeah, but there's, and then, then, you know, there's been other weekends where, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, asked to be at a kind of, uh, I, I, I tend to attend a lot of hackathons as well. So they usually my, my, yeah, when, uh, when, when I'm doing that on a weekend, it's, it's literally without, you know, I think I've done hackathons where I've got like two hours of sleep in like an entire weekend and oh, you know, and actually launched an entire functioning application in the space of the entire weekend as well. So, um, so yeah, so all, 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 all kinds on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no really no set answer. It just depends, I guess, what you're working on, especially when you have so many different projects you, you have been working on in the past. It's like you, you find a new one perhaps. And then that weekend it's like, all right, I'm going to get this off the ground, especially yeah. uh, depending on the family situation, of course, where they're at and stuff. Cause go figure people want to spend time with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh family, I love you too. But I also want to work on this project right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm also a big uh, premier league football fan. So usually on a weekend when it's not the summer, at least, uh, I will be watching some football over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's nice to have sports now again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so nice. And one of the things I wanted to ask about is you've done so many projects and so many uh, launches. How do you look at distribution now in terms of the different sites you go to to get the word out? Uh, obviously, you've put in a ton of work on relationship building at this point, but how do you look at distribution for your projects at this point, Mops? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's a little different for me because you know I build in the open so much. I build in public. That is kind of distribution in on in on of itself now, just in terms of finding the people who are interested in that. You know, finding an audience there. So a big chunk of building in in the public and building in open is about finding an audience. Um, outside of that, I mean, like it obviously depends very much on on what you're building and what the sort of audience is for for the thing that you're working on. Obviously, the sort of the sort of standard ones are things like Product Hunt and even IndieHackers.com. You know, it has a significant enough audience now. If you're building something in that space for other people who are kind of hacking on stuff as well, that's totally an awesome. Uh, Reddit's an awesome one too. Like, there's so many different sub communities there in terms of all of the subreddits that they have you can typically find 
uh, you know, a pretty large group of people who will probably be interested in the thing that you're working on as well. So that's really good as well. If it's super, super early, like, you, you know, you just launched it or you haven't even launched it publicly, things like beta list are really awesome as well. If you want to get really early adopters in as well, but it kind of depends on what you're working on, if that's a good fit or not. Yeah. I mean, the audience is going to really depend on, right? Like where your audience yeah. is, of course, with, with the products you've created in the past, I, I want any examples in particular that stand out of ones that you loved that just didn't. Did, didn't really work with the audience. Oh. I'm curious. <laughs> um, think. I mean, there's. I mean, there's some that I build that I just know aren't going to get a lot of eyeballs, right? Like, I mean, there's just things that, you know, with without spending a lot of time. Like, I built. Uh, I just t- talking about uh, football and stuff, right? Like, I built this thing called Title Race. Like, I this was going back t- two seasons ago. Uh, you know, I was having a hard time keeping a track of the premier league table to see who was winning and you know who was in lead of the table and uh we how many matches were left and you know who could still catch up with who and who was going to finish top and who's going to finish second all that kind of stuff so i built this website called titlerace.me which literally that's all it did is it just like it it did a quick look at the table it looked at the fixtures that were left and kind of just put together a very simple page that you say look here's who's first who's second here's how many matches they've got left here's the here's the max points each team could could still achieve so so you can get an idea of who could finish first and who they and then who they have to play next as well you know sort of all that kind of stuff now i figure i mean i know you know sports is such a huge thing to get any kind of traction <laughs> in that space you have to spend a lot of you know you have to you have to get really lucky to get you know to get picked up by the right people or you spend a lot of money to get in front of a lot of people. So I knew this wasn't going to get a lot of, yeah, it wasn't going to get a lot of eyeballs and stuff, but I, <laughs> but, but, but I made it anyway because it was something that I was interested in, something that I knew I wanted and something I use still every week. I still, you know, as, as we get towards the end of the season, I, I will use it more and more because because it, it gets more interesting as you get towards the end of the end, end of the season as well. But it's But it's also another one of those that, I built it using an APIs and things that, that are out there. So I don't actually have to maintain it, right? Like it's just, yeah. it just works. I, it just, it, it uses some APIs to pull what all, all of the recent matches were and all that and what, what the, what the schedule is for upcoming matches and it all just updates itself. So, so it, it's, so it's okay that it's not got lots of people looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're working on founder path full time. Now that was something you decided to go into, um, in the past with other projects, you, a lot of these projects seems like you make it because there's some problem out there, whether it be yours or someone else's, you you decide to solve, create a project for it, a product for it, and uh, you maintain some of them. Some of them kind of run on their own. How do you look at revenue, making money with projects? Uh, how do you view that now, Mobs? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, that's that understanding that why at the beginning, right? Like if it's if you're happy with your job and you don't you know you don't need any extra money then just build it because you kind of want to and you want to put it out there as long as it doesn't cost a lot in terms of the upkeep and you know hosting costs and things like that and 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 you're okay with spending that money then don't worry about you know sort of income at all um and that's absolutely fine too 
Um, I know for a lot of people, you know, this kind of side hustle, you know, sort of economy thing, the key economy thing, it, it's kind of important to have a little bit of extra income. Um, I think that that's fine too. I think it's, you know, just understanding why uh, you're, you're kind of working on stuff, I think is, is that kind of hugely important thing. Um, and I think, you know, for some people, you know, having that um, safety net of if I lose my job, but I've got this thing that's making me a few hundred bucks a month or whatever it is, um, you know, just I was doing it for fun. Now maybe <laughs> now maybe I can spend some more time on it and make it so it's earning a lot more as well, right? So, um, so I think that's I think to me the pandemic has shown a lot of people that you know what you thought you had kind of a safe job or whatever, and you know you're you're going to work for the rest of your life at the same place even or whatever. Like no, because you never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so um, having having some kind of side hustle that's making you some money is better than not having anything that isn't making anything at all. Yeah, and you've also sold a number of your different projects that you've created. Yeah. Take me through like that process. Was it, I mean, there's a number of different ones. So maybe if you want to go specific on some of them, but just in terms of like how that went for the sale for other people who have products that maybe have some traction and are either getting inbound requests or they might want to shop it around to sell it. How has that gone for you, Mubs? Yeah. And, and that's the other thing to keep in mind, right? Like you don't have to charge for, for your site for it to make you some potential money at some point as well, right? Like I could have, I could have launched something and charged, you know, 10 bucks a month to, to kind of have it work and uh, for people to be able to use it. And then I could have made some money or potentially you just grow a site to the point where it's got enough people using it every day. Somebody will come along and, and, and offer you some money for it. Um, now it may not be a lot of money, but it would be the equivalent of money of, of, of you know, kind of building something and kind of worked on it so that people paid you for it as well. So it's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you not have to work ever again. But in terms of just having that extra bit of cash in the bank, it might end up being exactly the sort of uh, same there. Um, so typically for myself, I don't, again, because I'm not making these things specifically to make money or to kind of flip around and stuff. I don't typically go in with the idea that, okay, heck, how can I build something that somebody's going to want to acquire in a few months or whatever. So typically people reach out to me for these, for these, you know, they're, they're, they're like, Mubs, you've got too many projects. Would you like <laughs> me to take one off your hand? And uh, my answer is normally yes, because I'm like, yes, because I've got too many projects. Why, why wouldn't I want some? You're right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so at that point, I mean, it's, it's negotiating at that point. And it's just one of the things that just, you know, it just takes experience. Once you've done it a few times, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you put value on something that, you know, isn't making money potentially, but it has an active people who are kind who, you know, an, an active user base, people who are actually coming to the website every day, you know, and not being unrealistic. Like I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to be rich after this. I'm not going to not work again. You know, it's, it's, you know, just understanding that, you know, what's the cost that somebody else, if somebody else is going to take what you've done and try and recreate that, how long would that take? You know, how would, would they be able to get some kind of traction that, that you, you kind of have um, and just, you know, just being realistic in terms of how much that time or that effort would actually be worth somebody else uh, kind of putting in as well. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's been pretty smoothly in the past. Like I've never really been too high and, you know, I've never tried to, 
to sell stuff for like, you know, huge amounts of money, I guess. But, um, but, you know, I think I got a fair price for the things that I sold. And I think the person buying the thing, you know, hasn't overpaid either. So, so I think, I think hopefully we were kind of, I think everybody was happy with kind of how things turned out. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different variables within that too, and deciding (laughs) if you want to sell something and then how much to sell it for. I guess I'd be curious for other people who have products they're working on and maybe they're out, they are even generating some revenue or maybe, um, they they just have a fair amount of users or or something. I guess, are there any things in particular that they should really think about just diving into a little bit more on the details for others who have products already. I'm just curious because you've done it so many times, anything on the details that helps on the negotiating front that helps on evaluating their companies or any other, any other things you can kind of just mention around the process. Yeah. I would just say there's, there's a clear line, right? Like if you're building something to make money and it's not making money, it's actually going to make it harder to sell it. Right. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. cause like one, one, one of the reasons that people pick up a lot of my projects is because I haven't not, you know, because people come and they use the products and things, but I really haven't made any attempt to kind of, raise you know charge them anything or anything like that right like because there's a there's an opportunity for the buyer to turn around and try and you know upsell them or to or to turn them into paying people um but if i've tried it and failed for whatever reason doesn't matter what the reason it might be because i did something stupid right but (laughs) um but that's just going to put off the potential you know person acquiring it because they can say look you tried you've got a paid plan and nobody signed up for your paid plan why would I pay you for this if nobody's, you know, if I've got no way of turning around and actually making uh, some honey off of this? So that's just the first thing. Like, just be careful. If you if you think you want to build something just so you can sell it, uh, it has to work at that point, right? You actually <laughs> have to make money from it. And if you don't make money from it, trying to sell it is going to be really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's the first thing, and then and then so if you're not going to do that, then yeah, if you're not going to try and like charge people for it, then just focus purely on the engagement side of things, right? Like make sure you can get as many people coming to your website every day or your application, whatever it is that you're building, that they use it every day or as kind of as as kind of often as you can, because if you can show that high level of engagement with the people on your uh, on 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 your site or your app or whatever that's going to mean that you can sell it for a higher um, amount as well. So just you know, try and figure out which path you want to go down. Cause I don't think you can do one. You, you can't do both of these easily. So pick one and, and then kind of stick with it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point you make there. Cause if you have tried, yeah, people aren't going to want to buy it. Like, yeah, you couldn't monetize yeah. it yourself. And I, I actually with just go grind stuff. I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of how much do you think about growth versus monetizing the things you have already. Like I, I thought about that constantly with, you could put way more av- ads and advertising, but does that ruin the engagement? Does that ruin the product yeah. itself? You know, it's like that thought process behind it uh, is important, I, I think as well, uh, with people building projects and trying to figure out what they want them to become. And there's so much that can go into that too, just <laughs> on that side. But I, I'm curious as well. I know you, you're obviously a big maker. You love making the projects themselves. How do you think about growing them, growing them, at, getting more people engaged? I know you build in public as being part of it, but how else do you think about? I know we kind of talked distribution, but just in terms of are there times in the past where you really like, oh, I want to continue to drive people to this project because I think it's really awesome, or you just move on to the next thing and start building something else? Um, I think yeah. So I think that's really just understanding your kind of 
expertise in your wheelhouse and things that you find interesting as well. Typically, when I've got to that kind of phase, or depending on what the project was, there's typically somebody else involved who's responsible for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, and like I said, that's just me knowing. Could I do that stuff? Yeah, I've you know I've I've obviously built projects that I've worked on for a really long time. Even with things like Podhunter, right? it's been live for a year and a half, a year and three months now. I think it's been live for, and you know it still gets people coming to it, still get people posting to it and stuff like that. So, and that's just me on my own, right? So, knowing that you can do that, I mean, knowing I can do that, it works. And you know, you just have to kind of figure out what's the mechanism that you're gonna that you're going to spend how much time are you going to spend doing that stuff like sharing stuff on social media sharing stuff on facebook and twitter and all those kind of things you know what's the what's the things that you can do in your application that's going to encourage other people to share it uh, with with their with their audience and and you know kind of understanding those kind of things that will kind of help improve uh the distribution of it but ultimately like like i said it's if it's not something that you like to do, but you think the idea still has legs at that point, you know, once you've, once you've shown that the application works, once you've shown that there's an audience for it, you know, you know, once people come, they keep coming back, find somebody who can help you with that. Yeah. There are people out there who will have that opposite skill set you do in terms of, in terms of figuring all of that out. And, and, one thing else I'm curious about, I know you, you have the developer skills to build these projects, what do you think about all of the no-code tools available today? Do you use any of them? Any suggestions for people who don't have as many of the technical skills? No, I think it's I think it's awesome. I mean, people, you know, people have come to me with lots of ideas in the past and they're like, hey, I'd love to build this, but I don't, you know, I don't know how to how to make a site, right? Like I don't know HTML, I don't know CSS, I don't know php or ruby on rails all those kind of things and you know and so i say yeah it's tough because in the past if you didn't know any of that stuff it'd be hard to make stuff um and so you know one, one of the things i always asked them was like well you know can you can you prove to me that this is a good idea right like can you show me that there's that there's an audience out there for this thing and i think one of the things i love about the no code movement is that all the all the tools and things that are out there now. People without coding skills can build an uh, can build an MVP and prove that there's a market for their application or for their idea or what what whatever it happens to be. Yeah, you know, because you you don't have to build like the full vision of, of of kind of what you have, but you can you can build a small part of it. You know, something without having to have anybody else involved and show that there's people who want the thing that you have in mind. And if you can come back to me and say, look, I've got, you know, X, you know, a few hundred thousand, whatever it is, you know, how many people that you can attract and say, look, these people based on the MVP that I built with, you know, with, with, with using these particular tools, it's going to be much more, it's going to be much easier to find somebody like me who's willing to then spend the time to build out the full, the full idea as well. Yeah, being able to show that proof of concept to people and that you can, I mean, shows your hustle and grit as well to be like, hey, look, I'm going to contribute in some way, Mubs. I swear it'd be worth your time uh, to help me work on this project. And and one of the things I'm working with others for, whether it be for developer side or or for people who have the other skill sets of of maybe sales marketing, et cetera, I mean, with working with other people in the past – how do you decide, have you decided, I guess, between like an equity split, a rev share, just a contract, hourly work? Like, how do you think about that side of things? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've kept it fairly loose in the past because <laughs> because it's just you know you know at this point you know at that early stage it's not worth anything, right? Let's be fair. Yeah, it's not worth anything. Well, that's why I'm asking. It's like so hard. It's like it's like nothing yet, right? So it's like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you know, and I always just go into it with with a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm usually quite plain and honest. They're like. Look, if this is something that I'm going to be working on for the next, you know, year or two, helping you take it from this idea stage. Yeah, I want, I want, you know, if it's just the two of us, I want half of it because I'm going to be working a lot on it. And I expect you to work a lot on it and we should just split it 50-50. You know, obviously, if there's more people involved then you split it, you know, kind of evenly. Um, but let's, let's also be fair that. Yeah, we're not going to go and incorporate a company yet. We're not going to go set up any formal structure. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to have these huge contracts that we have to get lawyers involved in or anything like that, right? Like, I'll send you an email with, you know, with the sort of terms that we just outlined, which is we're going to split things 50-50, yeah. assuming that everybody's going to work, you know, you know, sort of equal amounts of kind of effort into it. But normally what I tell people is like, I'll help you get the MVP out. And if we prove that there's a market and we prove that we like working together, together as well then we can carry on otherwise you know i'll take a small percentage and if you carry on running it you can carry on running it you know like you know and, and then we, we can just kind of you know we can find somebody else to kind of take over if if the if the mvp has any legs as well right that's that's the whole thing is, is to figure out if your idea has legs and if you if your idea has legs then you can you can find alternative ways to kind of carry it on as well if it's not me if it's somebody else then that's you know then that's awesome so like I said, it may not be that the idea is bad it may just be that we just don't like working together you know ultimately <laughs> as well like yeah personalities are what personalities are and sometimes it's it's an awesome fit and sometimes it's not yeah there's so much to that and then fo the founder issues between people there i mean that's like everything that's why a lot of startups end up failing and even any, yes. any project you work with it's like the people side of it has to work, especially when you are going to put in significant time, as you mentioned, if it's more than just a, oh yeah, I just need like a, a day or two of your time up versus, oh, okay, we're going to work on this for like a year or two at least. Like that's a whole different conversation and a whole different story um, as well. And then, and with your experience, Mubs, of working remote, we talked about this before the interview started, but you've been working remote for a very long time. And now people are being thrust into this working remote situation. Any any tips, any guidelines, anything you, you would say for people who are uh, kind of struggling or trying to figure out how this kind of uh, remote work thing is working for them right now? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, like we said, this this is not normal remote work for a lot of people. Like the whole right. pandemic has just kind of thrown people for, for a loop, I think. Um, and yeah, as, as much as possible, just, just like, you know, I, I kind of outlined when, when you asked me about my like, typical work day is i do have like a schedule where i try and work what looks like a normal work day right like i i you know i, I still try working between the sort of nine to five hours because that's when a lot of other people work so you know make yourself av available to those other uh, sort of other people have a schedule that you kind of stick to um and you know obviously if you can too if you have the space make sure there is a separate space that you can actually work in because I think a lot of people do fall into the trap of, I'm just going to sit on the couch and work this whole eight hour day <laughs> just off of the couch. <laughs> it's fine if you want to work an hour in the evenings while you're watching TV or whatever. But, you know, I think that, I think that's okay. But actually trying to do like a full, you know, full work day in front of the TV 
it's not a good idea because you because you're not just gonna you're just not either mentally you just can't put in that full amount of time while you're in the middle of everything else that's happening sort of inside your house in front of your tv and kind of everything else as well so try and have a schedule and try and have a place that it's like that's your workplace and then once you're finished working just kind of leave that place as well right just make that separation between i'm at work versus i'm i'm still at home but i'm not working anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting for what you make actually so my desk happens to be my room uh, because it's separate and a lot of pockets interviews I'm doing. So I need that kind of separate space. But when I'm quote unquote, like done with work, I move into the living room and then bring my laptop in there and work on stuff there where it's like, this is just my off hours. I'm just, you know, perusing uh, some channels on TV or Netflix or whatever, as I'm working on some, some other things. And that separation is, is helpful, I think uh, for people as well. And, and to bring this kind of full circle to what we were talking about earlier on with even like your Trello boy with ideas. What are some ideas that you don't have time for yet, Mobs, that you want people to create? <laughs> Tell us about some oh, of those that crikey, people should create uh, for you. We want to do your let work. Me pull, let me pull up my yeah. Kind of I'm excited to hear some of these. Ideas. Well, actually, so there's 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 at least three out three other ideas that that I posted. So when 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 I started one hour SaaS, there was four ideas that I had that I was considering. So the first episode of one 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 hour SaaS, if you go and watch that on on YouTube, there's there's at least three other ideas up there that I chose not to not to move forward with <laughs> right now at least. We'll we'll kind of see what, what kind of happens after after one hour SaaS is over. Um, but yeah, so there's there's at least three i three um, other ideas that are up there. Um, and I'm trying to find. There's too many Trello boards. Oh my goodness! I can only imagine my, my personal boards. I have um, so many Trello boards and Evernote and uh, Google Sheets. It's kind of a shit show, I will say. Um, so let me see. Just randomly picking. Um, so I mean, just just I mean, I I find most of my ideas just have to do with you know the way that I work or the the way that um. Uh, or the way that I use p- particular sites and applications, for example, like one of the ideas that I have right now, which I really wish existed, but is not out there right now. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to work on it uh, <laughs> anytime soon. But like I've, I've been using, so I'm a, I'm a pretty active user on t- t- Twitter right now. And so, but rather than following thousands of people or hundreds of people, um, I follow just like, you know, I think I follow like 100 people on, on t- Twitter right now. But I have four lists that are separate from the people that I follow, right? There's there's probably like lists. I think I have about 200 people in kind of each of these lists. And yeah, it's, it's you know, I think I have a list of kind of indie hackers. I have a list of uh, what's called the tall stack, which is people who work in the Haravel uh tailwind kind of community as well so very that's more like technical stuff yeah um and so there's kind of a few lists that i have like that which which i try and keep a track of kind of you know sort of various industries and 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 things like that i would i've been meaning to build something that will monitor my lists for me and every day just give me a summary of the top tweets in each of those lists um because I think it's you know it's a cool way of keeping up with what's happening and who's doing it without having to without having to be on Twitter all the time to kind of see what's what's happening inside of each of those pests. Um, so I think that would be an awesome 
product if somebody wanted to make it um because i would i would sign up for it because <laughs> i think it would save me a lot of time and stuff like that too so another one that is kind of it's similar not similar but it's kind of related to what i'm building for one hour SaaS. you know so i'm building this thing called uh podcast ping which kind of helps you uh check the status of your podcast if it's available if the rss feed is available if the site that's associated with 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 your podcast is available as well um but i had this idea a while back of this idea of your stack status right so so most applications that you build are reliant on some kind of stack right? right when i say stack i'm saying you know it might be your hosting. It might be the, the thing that you used to send your email. It might be the thing that you used to charge people like Stripe. So let's say there's an application that is hosted on Heroku. It uses Stripe for billing. You use uh, Amazon uh, kind of SES to kind of send your emails, right? So there's this, this, there's this tech stack that's kind of associated with, uh, with each of your applications. I always thought it was very cool if there was just a place that you could go visit where you can build that stack up and then check the status of that stack. So if mm. there's ever <laughs> a problem with your application, you're like, well, you know, it's a complex application which relies on five or six different things. It would be cool if I could just go visit one place and it would tell me, oh, this part of your stack is offline because Heroku's down or AWS is down or whatever, right? Like, it'd be cool if you just come, like I said, build your stack and then it would just kind of watch all of those pieces and then just kind of, uh, it could even send you an alert as well, I suppose, if if any part of your stack was was kind of offline. So there's, there's two ideas that somebody can have. <laughs> Love it. I'm just trying to help you out, Mobs. That's all. <laughs> so I know you have so many ideas and, and so little time at this point of like, well, we might as well just outsource some of these because like I'll share the episode and be like, hey, guys, uh, go build these things that Mobs wants. He's built like a thousand products before. Uh, we, we might as well that's, have well- Actually, so this is one of one 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 of my thoughts was once one hour started. So once I finished building this whole like one hour thing and just kind of documenting this sort of hour, I thought what what I could do is actually just start to like just have an episode once a week uh, mm-hmm. on the one one hour SaaS where I just talk through an idea and say like this is what I was thinking. Um, this is this is why you know this is kind of how I thought it would work, and this is this is how you could implement it. Like here's the fact, you know, here's here's how you could actually you know how you could organize it so that it could work and it wouldn't take six months to build, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was that was one of my other thoughts of, of like continuing one hour SaaS of like here's one hour of an idea where we just explore the idea and see if it makes any sense to kind of execute on it or not. I love it. I, I, it's funny. Uh, there's a podcast like "Should This Exist" with Katarina Fake, who's an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you should have a similar like like Should you build this or will you build this? Yeah. And you just literally just recommend these ideas because you're such a prolific creator and be like, yeah, guys, here's what yeah. we have. Uh, you should build this because there's a lot of people who have skills or like I said, are looking for ideas, looking for projects, and maybe just aren't quite sure yet. But even just having a little direction with like. You're like, hey, like this is maybe how I'd go about it, and then it'd be interesting to see how many people would do that, especially with just you know looking at your reach uh, on different socials and like any hackers and stuff. And I bet you a lot of those products would be creative, Mubs. Yeah, well, that's awesome. yeah, well, yeah. As long as I don't have to spend <laughs> weeks and months making them, I guess maybe it's not, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the worst idea in the world. <laughs> I don't think I think I think it's solid, man. Um, and just to wrap things up, is there anything else you wanted to share with with other other entrepreneurs or people you know trying to build things, create things? You just have so much experience. Anything else you wanted to share with people? 
No, I mean, look, I think ultimately at the end of the day, if you like what you're doing, there's a lot of negativity out there in the world, right? Um, I think you should just, you can just put your head down and just make stuff that that, that you want to see exist. And, you know, like I said, if it makes money, fantastic. If not, if you've enjoyed making it, if you treat it like it's something that you enjoy doing, then just carry on. Like, don't worry about it. I mean, I, I, I was very much like other people, you know, like I was afraid that I was going to build stuff. I was going to launch it. You know, I wasn't sure what was worse, right? Like if, if, if people would find what I built and, you know, they started saying, Oh, I don't like it or it's bad or it's awful. Or if that was worse or if it was worse that nobody would ever find <laughs> what, I, what it actually felt right. Wasn't sure what was going to be worse. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I started just to make stuff and I put it out there and, yeah, and the, at the beginning, nobody found it. And then a few people <laughs> found it. And then next one I built a few more people found it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, but ultimately I had fun with what I was doing and it was, and I was learning stuff every time as well. So just getting, improving, improving over time. And, you know, the first thing you build, chances are it's not going to be a huge meg, mega hit. You know, it's not going to be all over the internet. But maybe the second one will. Yeah. <laughs> so keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and Mobs, where can people go to connect with you, learn more about all the things you're building? Um, so there's a couple of places. Uh, t- Twitter is probably the best place. Uh, Twitter.com slash Um, Like I said, right now focusing on FounderPath, which is FounderPath.com. And one hour SAS, which is one hour SAS.com. And if you want to see a list of all of my projects, so all of my side projects, I should say, over the years, uh, I worked on.com is one of those side projects, but also lists all my other side projects. <laughs> <laughs> Super meta. <laughs> yes. I love great. it. Well, Mobs, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show today. Absolutely. No, this was a, a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you justgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.